Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome back to the Red Sox On Deck Podcast, your go-to source for everything prospects on the Over the Monster Podcast Network. I'm your host, Bob Osgood, joined as always by Shelly Verstraight. Shelly, my goal this week is to be the only podcast to not talk about cheating in baseball. No spider tech, no sunscreen, no chemists, no Garrett Cole, no Chase Utley. Just uh, yeah. going to stick to prospects. What do you think? I, I think that is an excellent plan. Excellent plan. hundred experts out there that can tell you all about chemistry and spin rate that you can find elsewhere, but we're going <laughs> to stick to podcasts, uh, prospects this week on the podcast. So um, starting off here, if you, um, as always, if you enjoy what we do, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating on whichever platform you use to listen to the Over the Monster podcast. Um, this is the On Deck podcast. We have the Over the Monster podcast with Matt Collins and Brian Joyner. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Red Seat with Jake Devereaux and Keaton DeRocher and the Precap Pod with Shelly and Keaton. Um, quite a few news and notes. Not quite on the level of last week, was a, which was a little crazy, but definitely uh, a number of things to hit on this week. Um, starting off, Michael Chavis back in the big leagues. He had a pretty hot June last couple of weeks. Um, kind of called up to replace the revolving door that is the 26th spot on the Red Sox roster. Uh, we saw Ryan Weber, and my goodness, don't see many uh, many box score lines like Ryan Weber had the other day. Um, Brandon Brennan was another one. Each of them were, were DFA'd and I believe cleared waivers and are heading back to AAA. But uh, who knows how long it will be. We talked about how this 17 games in 17 days, we mentioned it at the very beginning of that stretch that things could get tested a little bit, and we, we certainly saw that over the weekend, Shelley. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a very uh, eventful weekend, weekend, and I really feel bad for for Weber. They just kind of like let him just go out there and just really crap the bed, and then just debate <laughs> him like the next day. Like, I mean, that's gotta be like a horrible twenty four hours for him. But yeah, that's not uh, how you draw it up. No, it's definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, but yeah, it, it's really exciting to kind of like see Michael Chavis come back up. Um, uh, like you said, he's having a really, really hot June. Uh, when he was, you know, when he was sent back to AAA, you know, uh, a couple, uh, you know, what, a month and a half ago or something, like he was like really struggling. But seeing that he was starting to get it together, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to get a, a, another uh, bat off the bench because, you know, um, the bottom of the lineup for the Red Sox can be a little bit iffy. So if we can get another bat off the bench, that's pretty cool. Yep, absolutely, and he really, the last five games, I'm sure at, at, at first when he was sent down, it was a bit of a drag, but um, the last five games he had a five, or excuse me, a three for four day that was in there, he had a five game hitting streak, uh, he was nine for 19 with four walks over those last um, five games, so he was he was hitting well. I think that, you know, he's been up there. Hopefully he can handle the high fastball, and we'll see what happens. It could be if he struggles, it might be interchangeable with another pitcher, or it might just be a need-based thing as they're playing in a National League park, and you might need an extra pinch hitter uh, for a couple of days as they're playing in Atlanta. So, um, you know, there's another individual we'll talk about in a bit who is super hot in AAA that we've seen earlier this year that uh, that we could see replace that spot. But good to see Chavis get another chance and hopefully he can make the most of it. Um, with all of that movement, there's also an open spot on the 40-man from Brennan and Weber being DFA'd. Uh, Yaxel Rios was acquired to take the final 40-man spot from Seattle for cash considerations. Um, 13 and two-thirds innings that he's thrown at AAA this year with two walks, 17 Ks, and only one run allowed. Um, very limited success in the major leagues um, thus far. Spent some time at AAA. Shelly, what, what have you seen on Rios and anything, any excitement here? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that it's, it's you know, he's, he's you know, someone kind of interesting. Like you said, he went 13 and two-thirds innings uh, with the Rays prior to, you know, moving over to Seattle. Um, you know, he's, um, as I was, like, looking at his, like, minor league uh, career, he's been increasing the, the ground ball percentages, which is pretty good. Um, and when he was with the Rays, like, he had a 30% uh, CSW. Uh, which is pretty good, which is called Strikes Plus Wisp, which is, you know, kind of in line with a, kind of like a ground ball type of pitcher, um, especially a reliever. So if he can keep the ball on the ground and just be like, you know, your fifth inning, sixth inning bridge guy to, you know, some of the back end guys, I, I you know, I think that he could be kind of, you know, someone uh, interesting. He's the 40th man. That's exactly what he is, and yep. <laughs> we'll see how that unfolds. Has 72 major league innings, career ERA is 6.47, uh, about to turn 28 years old. So, yep, he's bounced around, was in Philly, Pittsburgh, Seattle, um, with major league appearances at each of those spots. So just worth a mention there. Uh, another mention, Brandon Howlett. Uh, was the High A East Division Player of the Week. Earned that honor um, over the last seven games, if you include the prior Sunday. Howlett's 11 for 26 with three home runs, nine RBI, nine runs, four doubles, five walks, and six strikeouts. Uh, on the season, he's hitting 292. Obviously, that average has come way up with the OBP of 386 at High A. Um, WRC plus 155, so 55% better than the competition there. Um, with Howlett, he was a, a 21st round pick in 2018 and, you know, was kind of higher up on different prospect lists a year ago, or I guess that would be two years ago now, but in low A, he hit 231 uh, in a full season, you know, well over 100 games at the age of 19 in low A. Uh, eight homers, 35 RBIs that year, so pretty disappointing season for Howlett in 2019 but two years have passed he's obviously ramped things up a little bit has some power kind of some of all parts type of player you know some some hit some average has a, a decent arm at third pretty good defender um, so it's interesting to see Howlett kind of back on the radar and hopefully um, maybe can get a call up to the next level later on in the season if he can can stay hot here at, at, uh, at high A. Yeah, yeah, I was really um, excited to see uh, how it kind of get it going. Um, he's been kind of like a, uh, I've been kind of like a fan of his for a while, pretty much ever since that he's gotten drafted. Um, you know, I thought that he could be like an interesting, like short slide platoon guy who could like fill in at first kind of thing. Um, and just seeing that the power has, is, is starting to come back, uh, the strikeouts are going down, it's 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 really good to see. So I agree with you. I hope to see him, um, you know, get a promotion up to Double A. Uh, you know, maybe July, uh, mid July, somewhere around there, to see, you know, how he faces against a little bit uh, stronger competition. Yep, I think you summed all of that up very well. Uh, next up, we have we confirmed that rookie ball is happening and the assignments have come out. There's going to be one. Um, Gulf Coast League team down in Florida for the Red Sox this year, and then there's going to be two Dominican Summer League teams. Uh, the Gulf Coast team starts June 28th, that runs through September 18th, and then the Dominican Summer League is July 12th through October 2nd. So you see, you know, some of the younger 
players, some players that have, have come over, um, you know, J2 signings, things of that nature, and then you'll see some assignments go there after the draft happens as well. Um, some of the names that we already know that have been in extended spring training and things like that that didn't get assigned to low A, um, Blaze Jordan, Brainerd Bonacci, you know, those are a couple names that we've talked about here. A couple of the recent acquisitions, Freddy Valdez from the Mets in the Benintendi trade and Luis De La Rosa from Kansas City in the Benintendi trade. Um, and then a couple of other names, Miguel Blaise and Luis Perales, who we've talked about a little bit earlier in the year. So um, good to just see that that is happening and that it's on the schedule and we're a couple weeks out that we can add a couple more levels to, to our discussions each week, Shelley. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see uh, Bonanchi, Valdez, and Blease. So I, yep. I'm very happy. For sure. Uh, one last note is we just figured we would bring up this quote from Mike Sosha uh, comparing Jaron Duran's makeup to Mike Trout. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> the quote was, <laughs> I think one similarity is their desire to be as good as they can be. That was certainly Mike and continues to be Mike the way that he is now. He's the best player in baseball. I think Jaron has that same focus and desire to be as good as he can be. You never really know where a player's career is going to go, but I think it's very easy to be very excited about Jaron's tools and where he is now. So uh, Sosha coached Duran with the, the U.S. Olympic qualifiers a couple of weeks back. Not the first. I think it was Todd Frazier, right, made the same yeah. comparison. So, you know, not the same tools not the same body but sounds like similar makeup similar drive and just everything that we have continued to hear about duran who we've talked about weekly for 16 episodes now and (laughs) (laughs) hopefully we get to see him um with the call in july so we wanted to talk moving on a little bit today um about fangraphs and their top 100 list they made some adjustments to that uh, that came out actually this morning, um, a site that we highly recommend, both Shelly and I. Shelly, I know you've done some occasional work over there in the past, and um, Eric Loggenhagen came out with his updated top 100. It wasn't a complete overhaul, but just some adjustments to the potential major league players, kind of who he anticipates being a, an everyday player and above, so kind of in that top 100 list. Um, and you know, we don't. We we mentioned scales a lot. The you know what a rating is between twenty and eighty. But I figure, uh, Longenhagen and all of this is is public. You can see this um, by googling it and being on, on fan graphs to see what the scouting scale um, entails. But you know, twenty grade scouting is an organizational guy. Uh, a thirty is an up and down major to minor league player. Forty rating is a bench player. Forty five is a low end regular or platoon player. 50 future value is an average everyday player um, you know that might have a, a war per season in the one and a half to two and a half range if you get up to 55 which is going to be a key piece that we talk about in a minute that's a above average regular with a war of maybe two and a half to three and a half 60 is an all-star where you're getting closer to the four to five range of war uh, 70 scale is a top 10 and an 80 is a top five. You don't see a whole lot of that. I think maybe Wander Franco is the only one that they have in there as a future value 80 right now, which is a war of seven or higher of, of where they, they predict that to go. Um, in the preseason on their list, 
the number one prospect that Longenhagen had was was Downs as number one and Tristan Cassius as number two, Jaron Duran all the way down to number seven actually. Um, these adjustments to the future value fifty or higher, which is um, what I was mentioning, you know, average everyday players are better what he anticipates. Two major moves: Tristan Cassius was moved from a fifty to a fifty-five. So more of a above-average regular, um, creeping up on potential all-star if he was a 60. He was ranked 54th at the beginning of the season, went up to 42. And the quote in here is that Cassius's move is significant because it's very rare for a no-doubt first baseman or DH type to slot above 50 value. We like him more than we did the prospect versions of Reese Hoskins and Pete Alonzo. So... Um, you know, just reading between the lines there, first base and DH type Shelly, there's only so many of those spots, and there's only 15 DH spots in the league, at least for now, and 30 first basemen. And it's not only players who play uh, a good first base defensively, but also when you're you're trying to hide a player, a slugger that may not have much of a defense uh, ability, so it's difficult to get that, that future value way up there like Cassius has. Yeah, I was... I was pleasantly surprised to see you know them move uh you know Cassis up from a uh, from a 50 to a 55 uh because like you said like a first baseman like they very rarely get uh this type of grade because even if you're a first base prospect the everything that you hear everything that you read is if this guy is going to stick at first he has got to hit he's got to hit because like you said like Either left field or first base is really where you hide a uh, big, you know, big mashers, right? And you, you know, you hide yep. them there because they're not really good defensively. So just knowing that a an absolute like first base prospect has moved up to a fifty five, oh, it 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 made me it made me very happy this afternoon yeah. when I was reading this. Yeah, exactly, and um. It, it takes a lot for, for Eric to make moves like that, especially yeah. with a player of that caliber. So this is good to see. It kind of uh, reemphasizes a lot of things that we've talked about here. And then another player uh, that we just mentioned, Jaron Duran, he moved from a 45 to a 50 future value, um, was not in that top 100 list in the preseason, but moved up to 72, which, again, I think that you don't see as many of the the hot takes if you will from from eric on these this is a significant move that he has for duran um his his comment on on that was that his swing change has borne fruit in a significant way when it comes to his batted ball output his instincts in center field are still not great but he has improved to the point of viability so it's not just um offensively but it sounds like there are at least there's been some progress defensively which is certainly the reason why he's probably still down there um he put a screenshot in at the bottom that i found to be the most fascinating part and it's just to show how obvious you know we, we hear about this the, the swing change but seeing it in print and seeing it statistically lined out the way that he did um you know, I guess before I go into that, Shelly, anything that you wanted to add about that about that move for Duran? Um, again, like I, I love to see it. Um, like you said, I, I've worked with with Eric in the past, and it it didn't win the first, you know, top one hundred, top one thirty, however far that he went, came out, and I didn't see Duran there. I wasn't I wasn't surprised, um, even though it has been known about Duran's uh, swing change. 
Um, Eric really likes to see it in games, and I totally understand that. And obviously, he has seen it in games uh, when he's been at uh, AAA, when he's been, you know, at the Olympic qualifiers. And to see him go from unranked to 72, that is huge uh, for Eric. And it, it's starting to, you know, I, I think that he's believing in that, that swing change. So it's it's an amazing move. Yeah. Definitely. And so to, to talk about the, the swing change and just what we're seeing here, uh, you start off with the, the fly ball, ground ball, line drive rates. And uh, Duran's fly ball rate, it just it, at every level, and frankly, he had at least 100 to 150 plate appearances or at bats uh, over two different years at low A, but then at high A and double A. So all a solid sample size. Was in the mid 20% range, around 25 a couple of years. Fly balls are up to 37% of the time this year. So obviously trying to get a little more of a launch angle, hit for more power. Uh, the ground ball rate was always around 48 to 50% at past stops. This year it's down to 33%. Um, and the line drive rate up a little bit to 30. So he's hitting, clearly hitting the ball harder uh, for more power, more launch. And it's not affecting his strikeouts. It's been pretty stable um, he's got a 24.6% strikeout rate, which is up not even a full tick from where it was at double A. Um, so, you know, sometimes you see players sell out for power, but it affects their strikeout rate, and that hasn't happened so far. Um, a couple other things, if you break down the fly ball specifically, um, in the past, the infield pop-ups, if you will, infield fly balls or pop-ups, um, the past three seasons, 10% of the time, 14, 19% of his fly balls were in the infield. This year, that's down under 4% at 3.8. And then the percent of fly balls that are home runs is particularly shocking. Uh, his past stops was 5%, 4%, 12%, and 2%. And then this year, 38.5% of the balls that he hits in the air go out for home runs, which is just a crazy change. And that was the number one thing that jumped off the page for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, he's pulling the ball. He's he's putting the ball in the air, and when he makes contact, it goes a very long way. You love to see it. Yes, those are all good things. Um, yeah, and you mentioned pulling the ball. That's up to fifty percent as well, which in the past was usually around thirty-five, thirty-seven percent. So clearly making a concerted effort to do both of those things um and then you know we should mention the other prospect in that top 100 jeter downs he stayed at a 50 future value grade um ranked as the number 50 prospect so <clears throat> moving along to a couple of notes with the draft we're certainly going to cover this in a little more detail um in a couple of weeks leading up to the draft and then after the draft uh, with, with the players that the Red Sox end up selecting, starting with that fourth overall pick that they have. Um, watched a little bit, well, I watched a lot of Kumar Rocker in the Super Regionals for Vanderbilt against East Carolina last weekend. Both he and um, Jack Leiter pitched deep into the game. Rocker was seven and two-thirds, gave up three hits, no runs, three walks, 11 strikeouts. Um he looked great in what I was watching. You know, he, and and in the other times that I've watched, I've noticed the same thing. You know, just will kind of lose control now and then. Throw you know four balls, seven balls up in the zone, and you know need to 
get a visit out to the mound and calm down a little bit. And that happened to him a couple times, but other than that, he was just dominant pitching out of any of the mini jams into the eighth inning um, where they won the first game. And then in the second game, Leiter went seven innings, gave up one run, two hits, three walks, ten strikeouts. So if you tuned into that, you, you got your uh, what you were hoping to see for a couple potential Red Sox. I don't know if you saw any of that, uh, Shelley, over the weekend. Uh, sadly, I didn't. Um, I guess I saw it like through Twitter, uh, just seeing gifts and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but they 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 look like they totally dominated. Yeah, absolutely, they look good. And if you're interested um, in watching them this weekend, the College World Series opens up. Unfortunately, Vanderbilt is in there; they're the fourth seed. Uh, they open up on Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern time against Arizona. Um, and then, depending on that result, their second game is on Monday. If they lose the first game, they play at two. If they win the first game, they play at seven. So I would imagine it's the same combination of pitchers that we'll see, unless something crazy happens. Um, so you know, if that you're looking to scout a little bit, I would tune in on Saturday night and Monday as well. Yep. All right. So moving along to just a, a few players that we wanted to hit on over the last week from the minor leagues, Franchi Cordero. Well, that name coming up again because he's hitting 406 like a young Ted Williams. Uh, he was three for three with three doubles on Tuesday and two walks. Uh, has hit numerous home runs, doubles, walks, all of the above. Is it time for another shot? Are we? Uh, do we? Do we think it's going to happen again? And and uh, he'll be back up with the big leagues. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, he's totally killing it down there. Um, and as much as, you know, I, I want to see Duran, Duran is still not on the 40 man. So it just makes sense that Cordero is going to get that shot. And honestly, he, he, he deserves to get another shot, uh, with just how well he's hitting in AAA. But yeah, I, I, I do think that we will see him, um, probably relatively soon. Yep. They didn't make that deal to just, um, give him a month and then move on yeah so i'm sure that we will yeah 406 average 493 on base percentage um strikeout rate is 22.7 percent so not bad at all compared to the 36 that he had in the big league so i'm sure this is exactly what they wanted to see go down there mash um show that you're ready for another shot and hopefully he's in a better mindset and not pressing when he comes back up um Wanted to mention Jeter Downs. He entered play on Sunday all the way down at a 213 average and a 306 on base percentage. Um, had three homers and eight RBIs on the entire season at that point. Uh, last couple days has been a lot better. Sunday he was two for six. Both of his hits were home runs. And then on Tuesday was two for three and added a couple walks as well. So um, hopefully. Uh, this is start of a hot stretch with Downs because we haven't seen a whole lot from him. He also went one for ten in the Olympic qualifiers, so really hoping to see it soon and that we can, um, you know, have a, a good July and August out of Jeter Downs. Um, I don't know if you want to add anything on that, Shelley. There's that along with uh, Jaron Duran was four for twenty-four before homering on Sunday. So figure we should at least let everyone know each week how those players are doing. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, you know. You know, Jeter, you know, he's just, this is his first time at, at AAA. Um, and honestly, like, the first time in the Red Sox system, right? Because, I mean, yep. he, was, he, was, he was traded in, like, late 2019 in the Mookie Betts trade. Maybe it was early 2020. 
uh, time has kind of just been like a, <laughs> yeah. a cluster after I think it was tier. about about February of 2020. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, shit like, hit the fan. Exactly. So this is like his first time actually in the Red Sox or doing, uh, you know, listening to different coaches and stuff. So I, I'm not necessarily too concerned about him kind of struggling a bit, but uh, it's good to, to see that he's kind of getting on a little hot streak here. Yep, agree with that. Um, heading down to Portland, do you want to start off talking about Brian Bayo a little bit and his debut since the promotion? Yeah, yeah. So he he uh, he debuted on June twentieth, um, like a couple days after our last uh, podcast. Um, it was it was okay. Um, he went about four innings, uh, two strikeouts, two walks, five hits, one earned run. Um, not not too bad. Um, he threw uh, 78 pitches. 59% of those pitches went for strikes, which is below his his average so far this year. But that kind of makes sense, right? I mean, he's going up to a totally different level. Um, you know, going from, from high A to double A is one of, like, the biggest jumps that you can make. Um, yep. I Exactly. Like, I, I, I'm not concerned that he didn't, you know, hit the ground running. Um, his next start is at the end of the week. I believe it is on Saturday. Um, he's going up against the Mets Double uh, A affiliate, and I definitely will be watching. Um, I, I, you know, the Mets Double A affiliate. They have like some pretty interesting bats there. So yeah, I, I, I was, you know, this is kind of like the start that I expected to see from him. To be honest, yeah. That line looks just fine to me. <laughs> I think yeah. you, you jump up a level, and he didn't get uh, racked or anything like that. So y- you take that. Sure, you want a few more strikes, but uh, you know we're not going to overanalyze one start. I think that that's a, it's exciting that he got that call and definitely shows how much confidence that they have in him as possibly the, the best, as we said last week, healthy pitcher in the organization. Um, Hudson Potts returned from an oblique injury that he had sustained early in the season, kept him out all the way till June 10th. Uh, he is one for 16 so far since coming back. So clearly trying to work his way back into game shape. Um, he has 10 strikeouts in those 16 at-bats, only one walk. Uh, Potts came over from San Diego in the Mitch Moreland trade last year. He's a second baseman, third baseman. Um, you know, could be more of an organizational piece. I think that he has some power. I don't think think that they're expecting him to be an everyday player but probably a versatile bench bat uh he's 22 years old so maybe a year or two away but hope to see hudson potts heat up a little bit now that he is back from that oblique injury which uh is not not a good injury to hear and you can understand why he was out for two or three months uh, and then lastly you know nothing notable on tristan cassius on the field this past week he was seven for 28 had four RBIs, uh, four runs, one double, one triple. So nothing that really stood out, just kind of run-of-the-mill week uh, there at Portland. So a few others in the A-level. Jake Room uh, was great again on Tuesday night. He threw four and a third innings, three hits, no runs, four walks, and seven Ks. So that's five straight good outings after we were really questioning things with Groom early in the year. He's, uh, he's on a roll, and it, it sounds like he kind of has some bouts of control problems throughout the game but then he's getting it back in check and pitching and pitching out of jams um so you know not a whole lot to add we've been talking about him each week um but just good to see groom rolling here a little bit 
Um, his, his outing, Shelley, was against the Hickory Crawdads. What, what do you know about them? What, what an incredible name. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> All right, well, I, I looked it up a little bit, and okay. uh, the, the Crawdads are uh, also crawfish or crayfish. Uh, they resemble small lobsters. So nice. just figured that uh, that you would want to know that because I was alarmed by the Hickory Crawdads being a minor league team that I was seeing for the first time and uh, just <laughs> thought that was an outstanding American American name there. Yep. Uh, at, at Greenville, Grant Gambrell had his first outing with the team. He was, we mentioned uh, Valdez and De La Rosa earlier. Gambrell, uh, five innings, three hits and a run. Pitched pretty well in that first outing, so that's good to see. And then also Chris Murphy had five scoreless innings, who uh, we had some concerns about a couple of weeks back uh, that he was having control issues, but pitched a lot better on Friday at Greenville. Um, and then some uh, one other great pitching performance. We mentioned Aldo Ramirez early in the week before we recorded. Um, he had five more great innings late in the week over, um, with seven strikeouts, three hits, one walk. Um, so Aldo Ramirez and Brian Bayo, who we were, were talking up last week, both kind of rolling along and um, putting a, stringing a lot of good games together. And then lastly, Nick York. He had three hits and three runs on Sunday. Second straight good week over the past 12 games. He's 15 for 42, six walks, and uh, the part that I like the most, only four strikeouts over those 12 games. Um, so any thoughts on any of these players at the A level? Um, I, I, I absolutely adored that uh, Ramirez line uh, when I saw it come across. I'm like, oh, yes, you know, chef's kiss. Love it. And <laughs> just uh, just seeing Nick York starting to put it together, I mean, it's a pretty aggressive exi- uh, assignment uh, for him, you know, just, you know, just being out of, out of high school. I mean, I know that he spent some time at the alt site, looked okay, um, kind of scuffled. You know, uh, to to start the to start the season down in Salem, but he's starting to get it together. Um, I still believe in that hit tool. Hit tool. So I I love to see it that it's starting to come together. Perfect. I'm with you there. Um, all right. So you can reach us at on Twitter at Bob Osgood fifteen. Shelly is at ShellyV underscore 643. You can find us both, some of our writing at the Dynasty Guru, uh, as well as over the Monster. So for the Hickory Crawdads and Shelly Verstraight, I'm Bob Osgood, and we'll talk to you next week.